Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Today is Best Served Podcast 305. We're talking digital ads must bring value on all sides of the equation for your audience, for your business. This is uh, Best Served New Volume 3, Episode 8 of 8, our last episode with Eric Davies of Puff Truck Pizza. We're also going to be hearing from the one and only Matt Plop and uh, really dig into the details. Matt's going to get really, really granular with us, which I'm excited about so we can have some real practicality. Before that, let's bring in Eric. Eric, good to see you. Hi, Clarence Jensen. How you doing? I'm doing well. This is this is it. This is eight of eight, my friend. What a journey it's been. It seems like we've been on this journey for a long time, and it seems like yesterday we started it, and that is the time warp that is all things restaurants, and especially during a pandemic. It's it's such a strange phenomena, but wanted to check in with you. What's going on right now? What's happening with Puff Truck Pizza? What's happening with, with Burger Buzz? What's happening in Elburn, Illinois? It's a lot, lot of things happening right now. Things are starting to happen real quick this time of year. Um, usually it's springtime, so we're booking up our summer. Um, our calendar is starting to fill up real quick. So that's uh, that's always a really good feeling for us to know that we have business out there waiting to happen. Um, we Something that's kind of exciting is we just did a um, shout out to Bolo, Illinois, that the town had us uh, set up right at the Village Hall uh, on Saturday and I'm sorry, Sunday. And we uh, we sold out, so um, they had a lot of PR, and we went out there and killed it at Burger Buzz. So it's our second gig with a burger uh, burger trailer, and we've sold out. So that's a really good, um, that's really good sign for me. That's awesome! And look yeah. at you, you're getting really good at the shout outs too. Don't forget to acknowledge people. Always, Absolutely. always, always acknowledge people. You never know when that little bit of acknowledgement spurs them on for the next opportunity and the next opportunity. So every opp- the opportunities are hard to come by. Right. And Matt's going to talk about this a lot. This is this is like very, very high on on Matt's priority list is like you have to think about the next opportunity and the next opportunity and the next opportunity in perpetuity. Like you want to like own your your customer. And that comes from investing your time and effort and little things like acknowledging them. And uh, I don't know if they have whoever organized this or Chamber of Commerce and we tag them and they remember that and you're part of the next what i don't know but that's that's amazing so i appreciate that highest level the pain of marketing restaurants we suck we suck at marketing straight up we are such amazing storytellers communicators and then all of a sudden the baton handoff to market to how we get it out there we just we can't do it there's something about it's abstract we make things with our hands we're face to face so there's something too abstract that feels like to me personally that was my struggle Where's your pain? Where where do we where do we need to be addressing your potential issues with marketing? Well, I think a, a lot of that comes back to that conversation that I just said, right? So we did uh, basically we just existed, and I made a Facebook event about the Volo Illinois thing. The rest of the uh, heavy lifting or the legwork was done by 
those folks there at the Village Hall and the folks that kind of advertised to their local people around there. So um, there, whatever they did, got, you know, uh, 50 people at our window. So what uh, what that's kind of where we struggle. I mean, we can do that locally. We can do that here and there. But it's like, how do we really connect with those folks that, you know, in that particular town or in a particular area? to kind of convert them into sales and kind of like you're saying um, about repeat customers. So this, this full Illinois thing, um, it's, it's more of a, you know, instead of like a customer walking in the front door of my restaurant and hoping, hoping they convert to a return customer, right. it's that entire town then becomes a return customer. So yes. um, if we can convert that first experience into a great one and be there for them when they need it. And uh, that really goes a long way for them. So that's really kind of, that's, that's where we're, that's where we're doing okay, but I think where we could uh, use help or what always is a challenge is kind of connecting with those folks on that like super local level. Okay, this is really good. Uh, I'm gonna hold on to that because I know Matt is gonna wanna dig into that. Uh, the, right when you said 50 people at your window, I wanna know how you're remarketing those 50 people. And my guess is you probably didn't capture them. They'll find you the next time you happen to yeah. come across you know, their universe. But there was probably an opportunity for you to capture them a little bit. So I want to hold on to that. And Matt, I was listening in. I want you to touch on that first because I think there's an opportunity. But let's bring in Matt and then let's have Matt introduce himself and then get into that. So Matt Plop, uh, good to see you once again. Thanks for being on again. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Look forward to it. And by the Absolutely. way, there's a connection with Eric and I. My dad is from Rockford, Illinois, probably, I guess, 45 minutes from you. Yeah. Yeah. There and then uh, Luis, one of my team members who's sitting on the other side of the table, was from Naperville. So uh, he's down here this week to work on some stuff. Excellent. Very good. Yeah, we do services in Naperville all the time. So yeah. Oh, I love this. This is great. I knew this was going to be a good connection because of the need and the value on both sides. I love that there's a little bit of a geographical connection. That's super cool. All right, Matt, tell us a little bit about uh, about the business yeah. kind of at a high level. And then, like I said, the first thing I want to dig into is like we had an opportunity for 50 and 50 that's a lot of opportunity and we'll, we'll dig into that but uh tell us a little bit about the uh, the background of the business yeah. so first of all you're going to probably notice this side of my face doesn't move a lot i had a root canal an hour ago and so, you sound great matt and so my lip and my tongue like i feel like there's like something on my face so i apologize the show must go on you're a showman my friend <laughs> so my background, I've been in marketing since 1999. I started in radio advertising back in the 90s in Cincinnati, Ohio. And what drove me to where I am today, which is I think as of yesterday, we're at 34 employees full and part-time. Our company focuses exclusively on restaurant marketing. That's why the company's name is Restaurant Marketing Networks. But we didn't always focus on restaurants. But at 99, walking into my clients that were car dealers and getting five to $6,000 a month in advertising, walking into Basilio's, or not Basilio's, walking into Ferrari's Little Italy in Madeira uh, and having them spend $600 a month on advertising. The one thing that drove me crazy was I couldn't tangibly say their radio commercial was number one heard by anybody. We assumed. A lot of people don't realize Cincinnati, for example, the biggest radio station will claim they have 250,000 listeners. That is based on about a thousand surveys done uh, through different meters. So they don't actually know. And so I used to hate the fact, that, number one, I don't know if anybody actually heard your commercial. Number two, I don't know if that them hearing it made them want to come eat at your restaurant. Right. Uh, and number three, I couldn't tangibly say that anything happened. And so that stuck with me. And so from 99 to 03, I worked in radio, but also in September 99, my dad and my brother and myself started a boat and RV dealership from scratch. I bought a book called Adobe Page Mill. We built a website. And for four months, the boat dealership lived 
on the internet. There was no physical location. Long story short, within three years, we grew that to about 5 million. Within four years, we were 15 million in sales, 40 employees, three stores. I left radio. I focused on the boat dealership completely. On accident, I learned about digital marketing. And so towards the end of my time in the boat business, 07, 08, all of my former radio clients were calling me and going, hey, Matt, tell us about this internet thing. I had been written up by the Cincinnati Business Courier. I had been written up by uh, a boat motor dealer nationwide. And so a lot of my former clients saw that we had become this behemoth through the internet. And so in 07, I started doing consulting. Clients of mine were giving me free stuff. I didn't need money. We, I was financially fine. But I like toys. I like to have my house landscaped. I like a new new car. And so I was getting a bunch of that stuff in lieu of getting paid and helping people out. And then I decided in 08 that I was a terrible boss. I hated 40 employees. My my dad hated it. Uh, we wanted to get out of the business. And I said, you know what? I'm going to start a marketing consulting company. I'm going to have no employees. It's going to be the Matt Flap show for the rest of my life. And I'm going to have to work, have to work the stress of having somebody else under me. Well, here I am today, 35 plus people. Uh, and the difference is, in the boat dealership, the caliber or type of employee for what I'm accustomed to dealing with was different. There was a lot of little things always happening wrong. With what we have now, I have a lot of professionals that we all just do our job. So I love what we do today. Uh, 2015, a National Pretzel Day, an amazing American holiday. One of our German clients, Hofbrauhaus Newport, Pittsburgh and Columbus, which is a franchise out of Munich, Germany. We helped them create a promotion on National Pretzel Day, a Sunday. The owner challenged me. He said, Matt, I can't deposit likes. He hated digital marketing. He liked radio and TV and the Cincinnati Reds and Pittsburgh Pirates. We spent $1.2 million across three locations on mass media. When I spent 50 bucks on Facebook, they flipped out. And so he said, prove to me that people walk in. He used to say, I can't deposit likes. He said, prove to me that these Facebook followers and these people on this email and birthday list program you created and this loyalty program will walk in the restaurant and spend money. So National Pretzel Day, Sunday, April 26, 2015, we did three Facebook posts. We spent 50 bucks per location and we did one email campaign to the list we had developed. And it did 18 grand in incremental sales increase that day alone. Let's he go. called me Monday and said, okay, cool, you win. Have fun with your stuff. I'm out. And at that point, we started doing things a little different. And then also by 2016, I had said, man, I've got 35 clients from my agency of which nine are restaurants. Everything I do with restaurant one works with restaurant two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. What I do with this car dealer who's got 45 stores doesn't work with my vacuum client, doesn't work with my nutrition company, doesn't work with the gym. And so I came to the conclusion, well, the way to do this is to share the, the power and the knowledge my team is doing with these campaigns and go restaurants exclusively. And that's what we did. And so since 16, we've been on a mission to only serve restaurants. And that is the focus of our company. And that's what we do. All right. I like it. And I especially like the like, thousand mic drop. I got you. Like I figured it out. I appreciate that. So the 50 people, this is a big opportunity. We, we hustle so hard. We get in front of these people. We do this all the time. And then we create one opportunity and we don't think about the second, third, fifth. And we know the numbers. You get somebody to a third visit, yep. you got them right? The numbers don't look so good for one, two, but you get them to three, you have a good opportunity for them to be a quote unquote regular. And so the 50 people, let's use that as a snapshot. What opportunity do you see? Eric is there. The, the, the city invites him in. He has this great opportunity. 50 people are in front of him. 
we need them back. We can't yep. have it be one one and done or we're vulnerable. So what, what are you thinking in that moment for, for Eric? And then let's talk about some of your other strategies and tactics specifically. Yeah. So what you hit there, and by the way, isn't Eric isn't alone in it. This is probably 95% of the restaurants I talk to oh, yeah. aren't doing this. And I, I like that it's 50 because it's five and zero, which means most restaurants in that instance of getting 50 opportunities got zero people's information. And so look at it this way. I'm married. My wife, Christy's somewhere in the house. There's a window guy here doing something. I don't even want to see the bill. But we didn't just get married. And it didn't happen to I saw her one day and coincidentally saw her at the altar. We saw each other at the weight room and in college. We were both injured athletes, uh, the training room, not the weight room. And I then saw her at study hall. I asked her friend about her. We went on a date. We went on another date. I had her phone number. I knew what dorm room she lived in. It's now 20, I think 26 years later. We're married with two kids, one in college, one's a sophomore in high school. <laughs> we we yes. went through the process. Imagine if I never asked her name. I never asked her number. I didn't know what dorm she was in. I didn't know where to find her. That's called hope and pray. I hope she thought I was a good looking, appealing man. I pray I get to see her again. So in Eric's situation here, 50 people came to your place. They crossed the biggest threshold, which was coming to find you and give you money. You hope they had a great experience. You pray they come back. I tell clients, one of my, I've got two books that are already out. A third one comes out next month. A book I'm working on for 2022 is called Hope and Pray Marketing. I want to teach restaurants how to aim and expect. Don't hope and pray. Aim your marketing at a certain audience and expect a result. Well, the only way you can do that is if you have data. So what I would have done if I was Eric is every single one of those people, when they walk up, I would have some type of call to action. People are so accustomed to QR codes now. I've been doing QR code marketing for like eight years. And when we tried it at Hofbrauhaus, House, Newport, Pittsburgh, Columbus, back in the day, people were like, what's this weird looking, this weird looking barcode from the cereal box? Like it doesn't, it doesn't even look like it. How do I get it? And you had to download an app. Right now, you grab an iPhone and every phone is native, man. You put it, they're used to it with menus. So I would literally have a giant sign anywhere with a call to action. Win a $50 gift card right now. Scan this code, answer two questions in Messenger, answer two questions on a landing page, wherever. Take them somewhere to get as much information as humanly possible. And when you get that information, then turn around and do something. Those 50 people... You could have had a you could have a board with a QR code and say, "Hey, today one of you people, one of you supporters, will win fifty dollars cash." And the concept there is that you're not you know, you're not going to make money on the fifth the first visit. You're going to make money on visit two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, I use the example all the time. There's a restaurant in Northern Kentucky. I live in Northern Kentucky, a suburb of Cincinnati, called Wall Teaching Post. It's one of my favorite restaurants. It cost, by our, our last bill we went there two weeks ago, was $380. Took my wife, my kids, I think somebody else went, maybe my daughter's boyfriend. We had dinner there. We had a great time. It's not cheap. It's a great place. We go there three to four times a year. If they had my, they have no information. They're not good at social media marketing. They don't have my email. They don't have my cell phone. Actually, I lied. They have my cell phone because when you make a reservation, they actually call you the day of to confirm you're coming that night. But they've never used it for anything else. They've never called me and said, hey, Matt, we see you come in three or four times a year. We've got openings this week. And why don't you come down and see us? We'd love to see you again. I'd be like, hell yeah, that sounds good. 
And the equation I use that let's imagine if every visit for me is worth 250 to that restaurant and I come four times a year, it's a thousand dollars in revenue. If they can find a way to get my information and they can pick up four more visits a year, which wouldn't be hard for me to visit my favorite restaurant, that's a thousand dollars in incremental sales. That thousand dollars carries with it one cost, the food cost. They already have their mortgage. They already have their electric. They have their water. They have their manpower. They have their ADT security bill. They have everything else. They're going to pick up from me $750 in incremental profit right then and there by them having my information and getting me back. And I always say, you know what? I would promise you there's a thousand Matt Plaps in this market with that restaurant, with any restaurant. And if you just say there's a hundred, that's a hundred G's or 75 grand in net profit that they are not getting because they are not gathering my information and they aren't inviting me back. And here's the funny part about the story. I was telling this story at a coffee shop in downtown Cincinnati. A person behind the table knew who I was, knew the owner of that restaurant and didn't comprehend the conversation. Called him and said, hey, by the way, Matt Plapp is here telling a story about your restaurant and how you don't invite him in. You should reach out to him. Here's his number I found online. He texted me and called me. And he said, hey, I understand wow. you're not welcome here. I said, no, I didn't say I wouldn't welcome. I said, you don't invite me. And he's like, what do you mean? I explained it to him. And it went over like a million miles an hour. Like, well, you're always welcome. We're like, no, you're not making an effort to try and get me to come to your restaurant. When I come to your restaurant, it's on my agenda, on my time. And if you got, if you talk to me more often, I would eventually come more often. It's the same with my wife. If I would have never, or neither one of us would have never made the effort to get to know each other, we wouldn't have got married and had kids. So that's what I would do if I was you. I would have everywhere I go, and I'm going to show you in a minute, there's five places that you can get people's information. And the biggest mistake people make is they don't take the effort. Your website, your social media, your online listings, inside your four walls, and your current data. Taking your current data and harvesting it to get more, but especially four walls in grassroots marketing. If I was a restaurant owner, I'd have a stack of business cards in my wallet at all times, and those business cards wouldn't have any kind of coupon on them, wouldn't have anything else except for my name, the location, and a call to action with a, with a scan code and a, a branded URL. Go to uh, pufftruckpizza.vip and they, they scan it and it takes them somewhere and they give me as much possible information. I love it. I love the QR code. It's so interesting. We actually, on my business cards from two and a half years ago, there's a QR code on it. And everyone's like, nobody uses QR codes. I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's coming. It's going to become native. It's going to become the way that people are very quickly able to access information. Yeah. And so, yeah, I agree. Especially if that person is 10 people back and you have the giant sign. See, I, my first instinct was to have it on the rail. So Matt, you even leveled up what I was thinking. So I'm 10 people back in line and I'm already picking up my phone and I can scan it from 10 people back in line. So that's Matt, that's why you are who you are. I appreciate that. Uh, all right, Eric, uh, touch base real quick with us on that. Does that resonate with you? Do you see where the kind of the opportunity is there that, that yeah. you need to be taking advantage of? Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I mean, <clears throat> As it is, I was kind of talking earlier about how we're starting to book up the food truck and stuff. I mean, we have emails from all email addresses from all these folks that we're just kind of letting sit there and and letting them kind of contact us um, back on their own terms, kind of how you're saying, Matt. So, like, we could be, be uh, a lot more proactive in that way and kind of collecting all those emails that we have into a database and shooting them out 
a newsletter like, hey, we're out rolling again for the spring, yep. you know, yep. book us yep. up for yep. your neighborhood or whatever it is. So like there's a conversion there that we're missing out on for sure by not collecting that. And even, you know, kind of I like the idea that you're saying uh, if we don't have their email address yet, um, we do have a newsletter that you can sign up on our website. But if there's someone like a, like you said, standing in line and all they have to do is scan a QR code or pop in our uh, pop in their email address into a form or something like that, then we then we have them that way. Right. And then we can advertise to them just how you're saying so yeah, i think I, there's a lot of that although there's a lot of that that we're missing out on because we're focused on just like getting there and cooking yeah and, and not agree. not capturing it as a marketing you and, know, you, and you you just you have these finite resources and you're trying to deploy them as you can and you just need to recognize every opportunity the multiplicity of opportunity that's created by that one opportunity so i think yep. it's gonna be important the other thing and, and matt mentioned this you're not alone I struggle with this. So many of us as restaurant owners have struggled with this is that especially for the last two decades, we went from being the help to all of a sudden we were like the cool kids. And all of a sudden we were like the hot guy or girl and everybody came to us because all of a sudden it became this like super sexy thing to be a chef, to be part of a restaurant and, and people were exploring that. And so we stopped putting the effort to hustle and communicate with people to cultivate that community and so we need to like really really get back to that and find that new way that we're going to do that we can't just be nostalgic about the past we have to be proactive and we have to recognize that like people why because your food's good and you have you know matt talks about pretty signage and and nice fixtures i talk about the the fucking light fixture that was reclaimed from the titanic that nobody gives a shit about but you spent twenty five hundred dollars on each of them but then you can't pay your people or spend money on marketing give me a break like that's we we built that and now we need to build something new so appreciate this this high level conversation and practical matt i know you want to share your screen with us i yeah. want to walk through some of these things you are a nuts and bolts type of guy like let's look at the a to z so if you want to get your screen up Sophie can get that onto the onto the page here, and let's look at this. Spend to build, not to sell. What are we talking about here? Okay, so real quick, I want to I want to wrap up the last part with this. We've all heard of a guy named Tom Brady, right? He's Sounds like, familiar. He's he's got I think, I think the stat is forty percent of the years he's played the NFL, he's been in a Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> and Ridiculous. restaurants when COVID hit, all of a sudden every restaurant realized, oh crap. I need to do the stuff that allows me to win more often. Imagine if Tom Brady won this first Super Bowl and went, you know what? I'm not going to hack my nutrition. I'm not going to go overseas and cycle my blood. I'm not going to have the craziest personal trainer that does holistic stuff. <laughs> he did everything. He was at the top of his game and every year did everything possible to stay there. That's the problem with a lot of restaurants and a lot of businesses. They get a little thing. Like my office is in downtown Cincinnati. There's a lot of cool, trendy restaurants in Over the Rhine. They're all ghost towns right now and probably will be for a year. But two years ago when it was hot, they were all such egomaniacs they didn't need to market. It's like bullcrap. Market more now so that when the shit hits a fan, mm. you got a fan to get it out. So And the shit and that, always hits the fan. It always, it does. always does. That's a big thing with athletes. I mean, look how many athletes signed a $100 million contract and go bye-bye the next year. It's because they're like, oh, I got my money. I had a little success. Cruise control. They quit doing what got them there. So I'm going to walk you through this. I'm going to give you a couple slides. I'm going to show you a real live example of an uh, article I'm writing and a video I'm doing. So number one, spend to build, not sell. 
Restaurants need to stop marketing to sell food. If every time you market to sell food, you're typically skipping a key step. And what I mean by that is if you boost a Facebook post, if you buy a radio commercial, if you do a direct mail piece, if you pay to be at an event, you're spending to get access to their audience. What I want you to do is flip the script. Typically, people will do a direct mail piece and say, boom, direct mail piece, here's my coupon. All you did was have Reach Magazine in Cincinnati, put that coupon in the mailbox of people whose addresses they've cultivated and people come to know that comes every month. It's a cool product. It works. Imagine if you didn't put the coupon in the magazine and you put that QR code we were talking about earlier and said, hey, we want to give you an amazing offer. Scan this code to get access to it. Now they scan that code, they go somewhere, they give you information. Now you sell to them. So every dollar in effort of marketing should be used to build your database, not to sell food. And if you're renting somebody's audience, like Facebook example, I'm going to show you here. We used Facebook to build an audience. We used email to build an audience. We used text to build an audience. So the next part is thinking about this. From a marketing standpoint, your goal every week should be to figure out how you can get in your customer's hands. Email, online marketing, text messaging, messenger, social media. People are on their phone everywhere. Your food truck line is probably slower than it would have been five years ago because of the fact that people are on their phone messing around. Uh, today, I was at the dentist getting my root canal and they were delayed because I was on my phone. I didn't realize it. I'm like, oh, my bad. I put my phone away and let them do their thing. Uh, you know, people are in traffic. They're on their phone. You've got to figure out how can you put yourself in that customer's phone every week. There's three keys to restaurant marketing success. Number one is marketing awareness. People need to know that you exist. Advertising at its complete, most basic form is getting awareness. People need to know you're aware. My wife was aware that I was next to her in the training room. She was aware of who I was. She, I was aware of her. But the next part of awareness is how do you gain data from awareness? Because awareness is fine. If people consistently see you know, Matt Plapp or see Jensen or see uh, the pizza puff, you know, they see it, but you want to make sure they see it more often and you want to make sure that it leads somewhere. So you, the next step to success is making that awareness become data. When somebody sees you, how do you get their information? And the key component of all marketing and anything in your business is ROI, is sales. That I crack up, like you mentioned earlier, the fixtures. There's a, an RV dealership in Cincinnati called Holman Motors that we worked with in a few years and helped them do a lot of awesome marketing. And I have an RV background, so I know their business better than them from a marketing standpoint, period. They were complaining every week. And I'll say this out here and put them on blast because it is what it is. They would complain every week about spending a couple hundred dollars on Facebook or Google ads that led directly to people giving us their information and buying a unit. And they would say, well, we don't like the ROI. I'm like, well, hold on, you've got a $10,000 sculptured bear out of wood in front of your front door. How many people have come here and bought a camper because they saw the giant Fozzie the Bear sculpture wood? I'm like, give me a break, guys. And so the concept is you got to be able to measure, measure your sales and your success. So if you, you've spent money on, let's just say Facebook ads, and that gets you customers' data, and you get a 1,000 people's information, but only two of them walk in your restaurant, who cares? But if 200 of them walk in your restaurant, I'm on the right path. I'm going to keep doing that over and over. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, Matt, to make sure I'm I'm tracking, number two customer data is asking for your wife's number. You got to exactly. ask. I want more than her number, though. I want her number, her email. <laughs> I, in that case, I know her gender. Uh, I, I know all it, from a restaurant standpoint, my next slide is what information you want to know. So here is our factors. This is what we go after. Number one thing I want to know is your cell phone number. It's the best form of communication right now. It's the most intrusive. And if you don't use it incorrectly, it is amazing, as I'm going to show you in a second. Number two is email. Number three is birthday. And number four is having them do these steps online so that I can track them. One key element I noticed on your website uh, is you do not have a Facebook or Google pixel on your website, which allows you to retarget people that visited there. So that's one thing I think is a sidebar you need to have. I found a couple other things I can tell you offline. But within those elements of getting their cell phone number, their email, their birthday, and having them do this online to retarget them, I also want to ask two key questions. Number one or three, I want to know their name. I want to know their gender. And I want to know their visit frequency. And here's where a lot of businesses fail is they go after the email and name or the phone number and name. Go after it all and say, you know what? If I'm going to spend $1,000 to get people's information, I can get 1,000 email addresses pretty easily. Or I can spend a thousand and get eight hundred people's gender, frequency, email, phone number, birthday. I'd rather have depth of information so I can talk to people in a different manner. How you talk to me or my wife is night and day. How you talk to a new customer, a frequent customer, a lost customer is night and day. I always tell, like the article I wrote, I'm going to show you in a second. You know, a new customer, you got to give them directions, menu information. You got to you know indoctrinate them in the brand. A frequent customer, you got to high five them, bro. We love you. You're you're what makes us pay the helps us pay the bills. Thank you. Here you go. And then the third part is a lost customer. It's like, man, give me a hug. Where you been? We missed you. And so having that data is key and getting depth of data. So there's five places you can gather data, and I'm going to show you a quick example, and then I'll be done. Five places I found you can gather data. Four walls. Number one, most important. The people who walk in your business, who visit your food truck, who are in your, your where you where you sell food are the most important. I talked to a restaurant the other day that has 700 people a day that comes through their restaurant. They get about five people a day that join a program they have, a loyalty program. You know why? They don't ask them. Yep. I, was, I was at a national chain recently. I use this example all the time. I won't say the company brand. I actually like the brand. And it was just a one instance, but she's like, you don't want to give me your email, do you? I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's convincing. Yeah. But I was at another restaurant. Oddly enough, was a restaurant running our marketing program. And she didn't know me, so it worked cool. She's like, hey, I see you got XYZ product. I'm like, yeah. She's like, you like that a lot? You come here often? Yeah, I come all the time. I noticed you didn't use your phone, so you're probably not in our VIP program. I'm like, what is that? You want a free one next time you come? I'm like, uh, yeah. Do this. Scan this code. Answer five questions. You're going to get exclusive promotions down the road. And you're going to be in our program. I was like, I wanted to marry this kid. I'm like, man, thank you. Like, can I adopt you and put you in every restaurant? And that was, and this was a you know, grown lady that went through this process. She listened to what she knows they have this program and she followed an SOP of how to get people in. So four walls is huge. Your current data. Uh, I noticed that you have a sign up on your website right now, which ties in with the website. You've got data coming from places, online ordering, a loyalty program, your point of sale, you might use Toast or Square or whatever. Getting that data and reactivating it, putting it into a system that gets more of it. The website, your website, I filled out the form 
uh, one thing I had never seen before, but it told me I had an unsecure form. I've never seen that warning before. So I want to look into that. But two, it didn't take me to a page that said, hey, Matt, we got your information. Thank you. Stay tuned. I should have also gotten an email. So website's a great place to get it. And there's also a way to do a website pop-up, which is really intrusive. Online listings, Facebook, or uh, Google My Business, Yelp, TripAdvisor. There's a lot of places you can send traffic to do specifically one thing, give information. And then, of course, Facebook and Instagram. So I'm going to show you a really basic element of what we do and what you can be doing. This is an email that went out to a restaurant's database. Really simple. Hey, spring into, it springs in the air. We got a contest. Win a $25 gift card. Click this link. Go to Facebook and vote. Here's that Facebook post. That went to 1,000 people, by the way. 1,700 people have commented on that Facebook post. It is a viral post. This is a one-location restaurant. We spent, to get these results, $20. But we did a couple things. We sent an email to the database. We also then, people who didn't click that button, got a follow-up text. And then when they all went to Facebook, and when they engage in that post, we have a tool hooked up that if you can look down here, if you see on here, it says see response below all of these. See response, see response, see response. Those are people that got a message in Messenger, what we use to do this program, that said, hey, you're entered to win the contest. By the way, we see you're a member of our BIP program. Thank you. We appreciate your business. If they're, hey, entered the contest, oh, by the way, we don't see that you're a member. Click here to join and get ABC. So I'll give you the rundown on what happened there. So that email got a 30% open rate and a 11% click-through rate, which to put it in perspective, a lot of emails for restaurants will get a 8 to 10% open rate and a 1% to 2% click-through rate. The text message that went to the people who didn't click the email got a 57% click-through rate. Here, Matt, let's pop this off. We can't really read that. It's super small, but this is good. Okay. Okay. This so what good. I'm going to do is I'm going I'm to unshare it, but I'm just going to read from it. So I unshared it, right? Yeah. Okay, so those emails and texts got open. The Facebook posts got an organic reach of 21,000 people, 1,700 comments. But here's the cool part of it. 580 of those 1,700 comments were not in the program. So 439 of them ended up joining and giving us all that information. Of those people, 32% said they'd never been to the restaurant. 12% said they came all the time. 55% said they were lost. Based on this customer's program's history, we know on the percentages of people new, lost, and frequent that will visit the restaurant. It's 9, 18, and 27%. That post right there on Upfront will drive $5,183 in sales, ballpark, in the next 30, 45 days. So when you look at that promotion from your restaurant, Eric, making emails and text messages that get people to take an action. They went to Facebook. 1,700 people commenting on a Facebook post is ludicrous. When I yeah. first, we do a lot of them, but when I saw that one specifically, I was like, holy crap. And then I looked, I said, well, surely the email and text did a good job. And it did. And then I looked and said, okay, the Facebook ad, we must've spent a lot more than normal on this Facebook ad. I looked and it was $19. It's 50 bucks. It'll spend through two weeks, but $19 as of yesterday, I thought, man, how many, how much did we spend on those comments? So that $19 ended up getting like 140 people to comment on the post. But the cool part about all of that is that every one of them was either in the program or was asked to be in the program and then they'll get taken out of line. So when you look at that, think about it. When you send an email, it doesn't always have to be about selling food. 
It can be about the customer. I think a lot of restaurants, their biggest mistake and a lot of businesses in general, businesses advertise by always asking to have a baby with the customer. If I would have met my wife in the training room at Moorhead State as freshman in college and said, hey, got an idea. Let's go on a date. We'll have a baby and get married within the next couple of weeks. What do you think? I probably wouldn't have went well. Well, that's what restaurants do. Every time they communicate with their customers like, hey, here's our hands. Give us money. When in my fact, my mind, it should be, hey, here's a chance to get a uh, enter a contest, get a gift card. Hey, here's something going on. Hey, go to Facebook, share a picture of you and your mom. Mother's Day's coming up. We want to know your fondest memory of mom and how you celebrate with her. And then there's kind of a hidden sales pitch there. All you're trying to do is get them to engage in your brand and think, oh, this place sounds good for Mother's Day. Yes. So Dude, that, that is Here's something, story. Matt. I want to I want to touch on on two things, and then I want you to to, to take us out with one thought. Uh, one, the creative on that ad wasn't even that good, and I think we over over manipulate the creative in what we do, and are so afraid to share something that isn't this like super glossy polished thing. Like, look, don't show a pile of crap, and also don't try to pretend everything you're doing needs to be on the cover of Food and Wine. Yep. There is like a realistic expectation that you're setting, and that the creative was not good. Yet it had so much engagement. So I think that's that's super important. Second thing that I realized is your poor wife, Matt. <laughs> Does she know the stories you tell? I love it. Uh, I, I appreciate that because poor Betsy always gets pulled into the stories about yep. what happens within our world as well. And the last thing I want to touch on, Matt, you mentioned this because what you're talking about is communication, not just transactional sales. I think it's super important and still being tactical about the business. It's also really easy because we got, we went down a rabbit hole of like transaction, 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 because we thought that that's what the value we are bringing. You mentioned it's really easy for people to take people's data and then use it inappropriately and not understanding. So what do we need to be thinking about to make sure that we keep ourselves grounded in being good communicators, but good stewards for that community that we've built without spamming the shit out of them? Yeah. How are you thinking about that? So... Number one on your first point on the picture, uh, a national barbecue brand. We tested some stuff with two, uh, three years ago. We worked with a couple of their franchises and we had our stuff in place. And I had found this picture. My team did on Instagram, this little kid eating the, eating the barbecue sandwich, sauce on his face. It was organic. It was great. Oh, we can't use that. We have to use this. We just spent 25 grand on a photo shoot. And this is the pictures that came out of it. And it was a really cool sandwich. Yes, that would look awesome on a billboard driving on the expressway. It's not going to stop people to engage. So they said, well, it will. We know more than you. I said, great. I'm glad you do. Let's A-B test it. We'll do yours. We'll do ours. And we'll see which one wins in two weeks. And then we'll go with that. Ten to one difference on the kid eating the sandwich that was, it was shot on a phone versus the one that was shot by, you know, Picasso on his $20,000 camera. So I'll say this. I looked at the Instagram, Eric. Your Instagram pictures are off the chain. I love them. You guys do a great job. You have stuff that would make me go, holy crap, where's the truck at today? Or you know what? Let's just drive to the physical location. So you're doing a good job there. Uh, I also liked your video you did on uh, February 12th. That was a pretty cool video. I think that that stops the scroll. But with regards to the last part of your question, abusing data. So uh, Quaker Steak and Lube is a restaurant brand that we've done some work with a while back. Friend of mine owns a couple of locations. Back about 10 years ago, I think it was like November, right in November, when the NBA was NBA season's first day open. Well, if you know Cincinnati, Cincinnati is not a 
NBA market. There's no NBA team. There's college. It's a college basketball region. This whole region is Indiana, Ohio State, Kentucky, Louisville. So opening day of the NBA season, they take their entire text database, which was like 4,000 people, and they send a text to everybody in the database, letting them know that today is the opening day of the NBA and there's a beer special. And so I called the marketing person. I said, hey, can I break down what I see the flaws here? She's like, what? I said, number one, 70% of this database is female. They don't care about the NBA. Number two, it's opening day of the NBA season. Nobody cares about the NBA. And I said, <laughs> number three, you just sent this. It's 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 on a Saturday. They're already going to be busy at this time. I mean, there was literally everything wrong. So when I look at data, the problem most restaurants have is they haven't segmented their data. They have emails or cell phones. So you've got to figure out a way to put people in buckets so you can have a kids eat free conversation. Luis on the other side of the table here. A kids eat free wouldn't resonate with him. You know why? Luis ain't got no kids. You know, college night wouldn't resonate with me because my wife would probably get a little mad. So you got to think about the message and if you can segment the audience, but also think about timing. You know, don't send a text message at 10 p.m. at night. Some people go to bed. Yep. I'll send an email at 6 a.m. because when I woke up this morning, I no lie, went through my email list after I got going and highlighted 180 emails and clicked archive. I don't even look at them. But a restaurant sent me an email at about 9.50 before I was going to the dentist. I read their email because my inbox was empty. And so think about the old, uh, Alan McGarrick's old enough that you've got mail. You've got mail. When I, I was that is. I got his. When I was a kid, that's what you heard when you got mail. <clears throat> oh my God, there's an email. What's going on? So think about if a customer got a notification, your email or text came through, is it at a time that their inbox would be uncluttered, which is ideally 9.30 to 11.30 in the morning, you know, 3.30 to 5 o'clock at night, but also look how it ties in with what you're doing. And also please try to send messaging that has a shelf life. As much as I might love your pizza, you sending me something that's only good for today you just wasted. If you got a thousand people, the odds of any more than about 30 of them coming to your place is nil. So that means that 970 people just got a message that wasted their bandwidth. That's why Facebook and Instagram, I was, I spoke at Facebook's messenger conference two years ago and I was showing stats from something about, I was talking to the guys from Facebook. He's like, Matt, the reason what you guys do works so well is that most advertising on Facebook and Instagram and online you know, you're targeting 10,000 people. So I'm giving, Facebook's giving your restaurant the ability to talk to 10,000 people. When only 50 of them engage, you just wasted the bandwidth of 9,950 people. So Facebook charges you more. On the other side of that, if 2,000 of them engage, watch, click, like, comment, share, like that post I showed you, you just did way better than anybody else. So they keep showing it to people that look identical that they know will click because they know people who click. They know that my mom shares every post in the world on Facebook. They know my dad only comments on my stuff. And so they have that. So when you think about using your data, think about when people can actually take advantage of it and make sure that the message isn't too freaking specific, like a one-time special for an NBA game on opening day to an entire database that doesn't even care about the NBA. Love it. All right, mic drop. Good job, Matt. Awesome as always. I love the energy. Uh, a lot of practical stuff. And uh, oof, yeah, let's uh, let's wrap it at that. I do want, uh, I'm definitely going to connect you guys 
because I think it'd be uh, it'd be great. Eric, obviously, Matt, wealth of knowledge and just 47 seconds on your sites can like pick up stuff super quick. So I think that's super important. So Matt, plop. this is a bunch of stuff I want to tell you, Eric. There's a lot of things I think you're doing well and there's some things you can fix. Um, but you've got, lot, you've got a lot of the basics. I'll connect you guys offline. Matt, thank you so much for being here, man. Go rest your face and uh, appreciate you as always. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, have a good one. All right, Eric. It was a long episode, but when you get Matt rolling, he's uh, he's fire, man. <laughs> a lot of good, a lot of good stuff there. A lot of practicality, especially that last piece. You know, we we worked on those customer archetypes. You can see a lot of things you and I have been talking about connecting, which is why I wanted to finish with Matt uh, because he's got just all of the data side of it. So like, I'm so focused on the story. Matt really focuses on that data piece. But you can see it's like you got to think about the message. You have to really think about those customer archetypes. So this now, you know, it's great. We did, you know, mission story. We talked about customer archetypes. We talked about, you know, your employees and marketing and messaging to them. We talked about so many different elements. Now it's time to put all those pieces together. And what you need to understand is that Ray needs to hear something slightly different than another piece of your audience. Even if you're selling the same dish, even if you have the same message there's just nuance in language nuance in the creative so i want to see you keep challenging yourself to look for different shades of your story and understand who you're trying to go after and yes the 50 people just know just just take that it's a win and it's and it's a loss simultaneously yeah. and and yeah. it always is with everything it's like you gotta you gotta pick your battles i want to see you do that uh the next one i want to see a picture of the qr code on the side of the truck and uh, and hear that you know you had 57 people and 31 of them signed up. To me, yeah. I, I just know your trajectory equals success at that point. So really, really appreciate it, Eric. It's been a great journey. We'll stay connected for sure through this. And awesome. uh, yeah, a any last thoughts from you? Uh, I just want to thank you for you know giving us the opportunity and the chance. And uh, you know, it's kind of humbling for me to be kind of in the same on the same screen as you and uh, uh, the the guests and stuff. But uh, you know, it's really been giving us a lot of confidence and, and building us up so that we know that we can, you know, we're going to be a success. I'm going to make sure that it happens and with your with your help. So we really appreciate it very much. I love it. Look, our mission is to amplify the worth and work of those who feed their community. That is fundamentally and absolutely you. The worth side is the thing that I focus on the most. Amplifying the work. That's one thing we do that. We, we have a, a media channel here. The worth. We undervalue ourselves, we undervalue our work, we undervalue the product, we undervalue what we bring to our community all the time. And now it's time for us to recognize that Essential doesn't even begin to cover it. You matter because you care about your community and you need to be a pillar of that community and any community that you get in. If it's digital, if it's you know in Elburn, if it's in Nashville, Tennessee, it doesn't matter. It's going to be the same message that comes across. It's, it's who you are. That's it. Eric, thank you so much. We'll let you go. Really appreciate it. Go out there and make some uh, make some people happy. Thank you. Yeah, some, thank you, some, Chef. Bring some fun into people's <laughs> lives. I appreciate it. All right, you have a good one. Cheers. Thanks, Chef. All right, everybody. That's it for this series. Best served new volume three with Eric Davies of Puff Truck Pizza. It's been quite the journey. In the comments, you'll be able to link to the, the full series. Definitely check that out. Uh, pay attention to their journey. And if you are in that area, of of the world in the chicago suburbs definitely go and check out puff truck pizza and and burger buzz the new concept as well so that is it i appreciate all of you as always for tuning in cheers
Thanks for listening to the Best Served Podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.